Everyone having a Merry Christmas? Yeah. Everybody done with the shopping? Yeah. Who said no? Say no. Ooh, why are you groaning? It's not that bad. I haven't done any shopping yet. Because I have a plan. We're waiting for everyone to go ahead and buy all the useless stuff. And then on the 24th in the, in the afternoon, they put all the good stuff out. And me and Mr. Sterling go and buy all the good stuff after y'all bought the useless stuff. And they feel so sorry for us that they even wrap out gifts for us because they said two guys shopping for their wife and mother. <laughs> and 24th of December, you guys look so pitiful, we need to wrap these gifts for you. You say, yeah, we're so pitiful. And we come home with them already wrapped. Yeah, mercies are new every morning. So we'll be getting done with that. So, uh, but I know it's, it's a big season. It's a great season. It's been fast. It seemed like it came in, um, in 2013. It's about to go out the door. But what I want to do is we have one, one and a half messages on call, what I call special delivery. I was researching the word special delivery. And how many love the online shop? Just put it and it comes right to your door, right? And how many have been having problems this season on that, for the stuff coming in on time. Everyone's stuff is getting here on time? Okay. Are you, are you one of the ones on Facebook complaining? Well, I was reading in the Wall Street Journal that uh, one of the companies, and since it's already publicized, it's UPS. Um, they had made a big promise that they could move all these packages and gifts and all this stuff this season, but they said the only thing that can stop us is Mother Nature. And we had the storms. Remember the storms from Texas, the ice storms that made us cancel church and all that, and make sure everyone stayed in safe, which was great. Um, and it backed them up. And a lot of people are very upset. Some of our businesses downtown have been waiting for packages. They go online. Would you know online? You can check where your package is. It's been in Dallas for five days, and let me go get it myself. And no one's getting to go get it. They're just waiting for it to come. And, you know, the volume that they, this whole week, they're expecting to uh, deliver at least 132 million packages worldwide. That equals to about 300 packages per second that they're going to try to push out the door this week. And everything's backed up because the weather went bad, everything went crazy, and they, all the trucks are backed up. They couldn't get out anywhere else. And I remember about three years ago when we... Uh, me and Mr. Sterling here do our shopping on the 24th of December, and we had one of those snowstorms. And it came and it hit. And we go out, we had to go buy gifts. We had no hardly any gifts for Mama. And we were ready to go anyway, because it's just snow, and we know we had to go. And that whole day during the snow, packages just kept showing up at the door. Miss Donna did all her shopping online. So FedEx came, UPS came, and the whole, everything showed up just all nice and packaged. She wrapped them, and we're sitting there like, we're going to go out. And she said, you're not going to leave this? She took the keys from us. But the, sh the packages showed up in the worst time of the day because it really, it snowed about, about six inches, and it was terrible out there. But they were able to get the packages in, special delivery, from the morning to evening. You know, I'm going to talk about this morning a special delivery that came to us in our worst moment in mankind. You know, the world that we live in right now is not the world that God set up for us to live in. And when you talk about the Christmas story, how many were here last week with our children? 
They were amazing. They talked about Jesus, baby Jesus, and all, and in, in the book in the New Testament. Today, I want to talk about the very beginning when God announced a special delivery. Sometimes we read over, we miss it because we don't see the English, we don't see the um, background of the scripture. We know about in the very beginning, Adam and Eve. We know the story. It's a Sunday school story. They had everything, and God really delivered everything to Adam before he was born. And created, let me put it that way. And all he had to do is pretty much eat. First he had to do work. Then he had to keep. Then he had a chance to eat everything he wanted except one thing. And the last thing he had to do, think about it. Last thing he had to do, make sure I get my notes right because I just changed it, was name. Adam was in charge of naming every animal in the garden. Everything that has name today, Adam named them. It says so, in the, God said, you're free to eat all you want, and, to, and you keep the land you eat, and you get name everything that comes to you, even the woman. He named him. That's how much authority in his position was with God. It was the one we call the perfect relationship. Innocence knew nothing about good and evil. Didn't need to know about good and evil because like, like today, God wants us to know about good and evil by his instruction, not by experience. And he got, they got tempted. Eve got tempted and they fell. And God showed up. He did something keen because one thing, whenever we make a mistake or we see we fall short of God, don't we try to run and hide before he shows up? They try to run and hide. But God does what he always does. He came looking for them. He came down in the cool today, which said, one writer says, God must have done that often just to relate to man because the, the relationship was just so, so sound and so intimate. He came in the cool today and he walked. And he looked for them where they, where they fell and said, Adam, where are you? And Adam decided instead of confessing, he tried to push the blame on Eve. And I can hear Eve right now. God says, what did you do? The woman you gave me, God, you know, kill her. And I can hear Eve right now. Oh, you just wait till we get out of this garden. You just wait until we get out of this garden because I'm going to wear you. Boy, I tell you, you're going to blame me? And then she blamed the serpent. But also Adam blamed God for giving him the woman. Men don't do that. Don't do that, man. Everything that happens in your house, you got to learn as a man, it's your fault. Really. You want to be right or you want peace? <laughs> now, the only time that you heard that you're not supposed to listen to your wife is in this story. The rest of the time, you listen to your wife. I'm still learning that. It's a hard way for me to go sometimes. And they fell. And then two words, shame and guilt, showed up on the earth. And where there was no death, death came. And, you know, we still struggle with shame and guilt, even though God is looking for us. And then the scripture comes in chapter 3, verse 15. God has a solution 
to the mess of man. And let's read this. I will put enmity, en- yeah, enmity, which is hostilities, hatred, between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. You shall, he shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Go to the New American Standard. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise you on the head and you shall bruise him on the heel. Difference in this, in the New American Standard, if you know your Bibles, in the older version, it showed the proper English of this pronoun, H-E. And if you have an NIV or anything else, it has a small H-E. So you think about man. But this is where God is when you talk about the very first gospel, promising Jesus Christ to come take care of what God has messed up, what man has messed up. So when you look at it in the, in the, in the original language, H-E means the deity, means a king. The king of kings and lord of lords is being mentioned for the very first time in the beginning. God had a plan for our failure. He was going to take the lead on that. And he's talking about Jesus Christ showing up to take all the sins of mankind, to take everything. And then he also pronounced there's going to be a war that's going to take place. Some of you are going, I'm getting so tired of the devil and the struggles. God created it. This is what he pronounced. I pronounce war against you and the devil. Now, a lot of people look at it this way. He did not curse man. He cursed the serpent. He cursed the serpent. Because you remember, before anything was happening, before the fall of man, Adam was the mediator of God on earth. Can I, can I make it real for you? When you don't feel like you're worth anything, we are the apex of creation. God created man for fellowship and for us to rule. What happened here is fellowship was broken and it was impossible for us to bring it back. So he says, I have a plan all the way from the beginning, which they call this the crimson thread of redemption. When you look at the book of Genesis and talk about the beginning, it sets a theme for everything in Genesis will go a theme through the Bible. And when you go through the whole Bible from Abraham and all the prophets, it was about the plan of God redeeming man. So when you look at the Bible, it's not about bad news. It's about good news about how God, with all the grace who had the power to recreate everything and do a do-over, decide what he was going to use, what he had, and it was going to be for his glory. And his glory was Christ. And he what? He wanted to restore the glory of man because we, recognize, we, are, we are representative of the glory of God. And when you talk about Christmas, you have a different attitude. Now, enmity means this, hatred and ill will. And you see how God says, your seed and his seed, offspring, offspring. All of a sudden, there's going to be a separation. And you see it later on in the Bible with Adam and Eve when they had two sons, Cain and Abel. And you saw one good son and you saw one lousy son. And one killed the other. 
One was under the uh, uh, tutelage of his father, the devil, and one was under the tutelage of God, the, the father. And the separation. How many just feel like this, you're in a, just in a power struggle right now? Back and forth. Do not take it personally. God created this. Because man had it perfect. Man had privileges. And let me tell you this. An old man told me this with wisdom. We don't fall from power. We fall from privileges. What do you mean by that? Whenever you have privileges, you got to realize walking the earth right now is a privilege. It's not a right. Whenever we feel like we have rights, we fall into pride. What happened to Adam was he had everything. He was in charge of everything. Was going to live forever. No diseases, nothing. He felt that he had a right to know about good and evil. And he didn't have to know about good and evil by experience. He was going to find out about good and evil by God's instruction. See, a lot of young people don't like when your parents tell you something. They don't want you to experience pain. They want you to teach you before you have to experience the pain. Until when you turn 25, you say, Mom and Dad, you are certainly right. Yes. Huh? Or 24. Okay. I'm not supposed to talk about you. That's what you told me. That was our contract. Because originally we were born to live forever. And that fell short. And what he did, what the devil does today, what Satan does today is doubt the goodness of God. Do you know doubt is the seed of all sin? If I can doubt them, God give, did he surely say you're going to die? Is he really holding, is he holding something back from you? And doubt will mess you up because all sin, the root of it is doubt. And he gets us to doubt God's goodness. He gets us to doubt our relationship with God and God's relationship to us. He gets us to doubt our relationship with one another. He's the accuser of the brethren. He says he does it 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You'll think someone doubts that they love me. I don't think they love me. I don't think they care about me. It's not them. It's him. He does it to all the churches. He does it to marriages. He doesn't love me. He, he, really? Like he told them, who told you you were naked? Shame and guilt. Who brought shame and guilt? The devil. Satan brings the shame and the guilt. Before then, there wasn't any. Again, God had great news. Because we were born to live forever. And one thing about sin, guys, young people, you know, it actually, sin always overpromises and underdelivers. It's always fun. It's a, it always overpromises, but it underdelivers. Three things why I think this is special. It's a special delivery. His son, when I pulled out of here, his suffering and his death, and then his victory and our victory. Let's look at it. his son. This is the first messianic promise in the Bible. When you look at the scripture, God, man, man, God. Jesus was the perfect God, man. Promise, I will, he will bruise your heel. He, capital H-E, will come as a baby, as a man, but he's also king. 
the perfect God man with no sin. And I love it. And you look at that in the very beginning when you go all the way to, say, Isaiah, one of the first prophets. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. He shall call his name Emmanuel, which is a special name, means God with us, which means it's all about the incarnational. God came from heaven and put on an earth suit to minister to us and set us free. <laughs> Did he have to do it? No. Did he want to do it? Yes. Does he hold you guilty? No. That's a, Emmanuel, God with us. Let me step out of heaven into earth for people who lost doubt, who are helpless and harassed and getting beat up. You know why this is so important now today, guys? Everything you might notice that you used to put your trust in seems to be falling apart, doesn't it? Everything you thought you knew, you're like, are you kidding me? And we, some of the guys have been getting together praying and some of the pastors and some of the prophets saying, God is setting it up for us to rely more on him than anything else in the world. Isaiah, the prophet, prophesied about a son coming, a king to take the sins away of the earth before you were born it was taken care of and he left us a decision here on earth to say yes or no to him now I love the commercial a Nike commercial uh, with uh, KG he's got the beats on there's some key words in that because Christianity is taking a beating today you hear what you want you hear what you want I love that part you hear what you want the, the headphones are telling them, you're this, you're this, you're that. Don't listen to that. When someone tells you you're somebody, God has thought you were somebody, now nah, I'm, too, I'm too far. That's false pride. I, I can't accept them. That's pride. You hear what you want. And that's what happened to them in the garden. They heard they want. There's another scripture I like that really just blows me up. Luke 1, 34 and 35. And Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? There you go. That proves it now because some of the new, some of the new, I want to I help you out on it. Some of the new Bible of the translations of the Bible are taking out the part of virgin. Know why? Because it's just impossible for us to wrap our mind around. So let me write it out of the script. You can't write out the miracle of God because here's the next, next sentence. Go ahead. And the angel answered the who? The Holy Spirit, capital H, um, capital S, will come upon you in the power of the most high, most, capital H, capital, will overshadow you. Therefore, the child will be born and will be called, set apart, holy, the son of God. See, they can't explain it because the Holy Spirit did it. And that's the difference. We have a living Savior today. And I asked myself this question this week. Who's going to be more famous this week, Phil or Jesus? Because we jumped on the wagon. I don't mind. There's some things that, you know, what happened this week. I'm like, why don't we have that passion for winning people to Jesus? To making sure Phil, Phil's going to be okay. It's only a reality show, as John Piper said. 
I love what Tim Keller says, this quote about Christmas. Christmas is telling you that you can never get to heaven on your own. God had to come to you. See, in the Old Testament, to cover our sins, we had to go to a place out in the country, and we had to go find us a lamb. Jack, you got a lamb for about $10? I need a lamb because I got to get and sacrifice that lamb for my partial covering. And then you get to the New Testament. The lamb comes looking for us. The lamb of God came looking for us. And you see in the garden, God came looking for Adam. That's how God works. That's why it's so grace. That's why he's so much grace in our God. When you mess up, he's closer. Don't run away. Run toward him. Don't feel like, don't feel shame and guilt and all those things. Not during Christmas. Why should Christmas be the most unhappiest time of the year on some areas? When we are reminded by a great king and savior who saved the world, who took my personality in check and did it anyway. Because I wouldn't have saved me. I wouldn't have saved some of y'all. I mean, really, because we're, we're mankind. We tried, and every time we tried, God messed it up. And here it is. Here's the thing. That covenant that you see with Adam and God was called the Adamic covenant. And he just kept giving new covenants. And all the covenants is this way. Even if we fail, I'm going to make it work. Even if we fall short, I'm going to make it work. Even when the world says this is a post-Christian nation, which I don't believe, I'm going to make it work. Because I never fail. I never fall short. I always win. And I always have a plan. When Adam went south, they were just redirected. On a detour for us. Because God never fails. Whatever situation you're going through right now, someone need to hear that this morning. He never fails. How many got a GPS? Redirecting, redirection, redirect. That's what God yes. <laughs> Every day. I thought you got it. You didn't get it. You didn't get it. You didn't get it. Because it's the power of the Holy Spirit. You can't even take the humanity of Mary into it. It was the power of the Holy Spirit. And you see one part in in, um, Isaiah when it says, by the zeal of the Lord will do it. That means he's doing it all. Which makes it just fantastic. But God had to come to us. Because what our nature of sin is, we run and hide now, you know when you used to grow up and you did something wrong and your mom and dad came home, you tried to hide. And they never even walked in the door. They smelled it. Something's not right. That glass used to be over here. What's that glue on that glass? And they call you out there and they say, what'd you do? Well, let me tell you what happened. It just fell over. And they know you were what? Did they kill you on the moment? It's like a dad. Yeah, you might have felt like that. Now, I'm not sure. Today, no one does that stuff. They call it child abuse. But um, my house, it was, <laughs> that was the law. <laughs> you go turn yourself in, you're still going to get... Anyway, 
But, <laughs> but anyway, God came to us. And it's like a relationship with the grace that we have for our children that he has for each and every one of us. Sometimes we forget that. But the way Satan has put it up, his whole, his whole idea is to break our fellowship. You didn't break his trust, you broke his fellowship. And all you got to do is come back to him. I love this part, his suffering and his death. Now, when you look at the scripture, it talks about his offspring, and in another version it calls it seed. When you look at the word offspring in the Hebrew, it's zero, which means individual or group of people, which means Jesus and mankind. There is a permanent struggle between good and evil. Jesus and man, I mean, God, I mean, Satan and mankind will always be a struggle. Whenever you try to go somewhere and try to do something, his job is to try to stop you from doing it, especially if you're trying to do it for the glory of God. So his job is to put his way in there. But here's the thing. He cannot win. In fact, he I can't even say that anymore. Past tense. He already lost. See, it's not about Star Wars and good and evil. We're even. No. Because there's a certain thing here when you see this. It says, I will crush your heel. That word means bruise means crush. Now, why come God didn't say, I'll just crush your head about Jesus? He put Jesus in the proper place that where we are today. Everything that we deal with Satan is underneath our feet. We might bruise our heel, but we're going to crush his head. He put it in proper position. There is not even, it's below even. I already won. And when you look at it, I'm bruising my heel. I'm going to get hurt. I'm going to suffer. I'm going to die. But that's not the end of the story. I'm going to raise back up. And I'm going to set a whole bunch of other people free. Now, last time I checked, when you crush the snake's head where all the poison is, he is dead. So when you crush, when Jesus crushed his head, he killed every plan he had or is going to have. Now, he is great of trying to run up the scoreboard, but he knows he always falls short. I'll give you some scripture to tell you. Let's go to Colossians 2.15. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them in open shame by triumphing over them in who? Him. In him. You know, God's judgment on Satan is for him to always know defeat. And he will always reach for victory, but he will always fall short because he is under our feet. You know what his number one job is? To take your zeal away for life. Take a nation's heart. Whenever the enemy came in the Old Testament, you know what they did? They would rout the Israelites. They would take the best and the brightest and leave that nation hanging. God is doing a lot of things for the best and the brightest of his church to do things. But what happens if we rob, he robs us of our joy and our passion, our purpose for life, we just become mundane and just says, this is all over. I can't wait to get to glory land when there's so much for us to do. And that's why it should be a joy. Because when we recognize our position, we always keep our purpose. 
What he tries to do is knock you off your position. He thinks you're getting, sometimes you feel like your head's getting crushed. It's just your foot. It's just your foot. It's not your head. That's why it's great to have to love God and be with other people to give you the perspective change. When it happens, when you feel like you're getting crushed, then what do we do? As guys, I know we run away until we work it out. When God says, run to people, run to God, and be encouraged your way out. But what keeps you, us away is shame and guilt because you felt you, felt you fell short. You didn't fall short. He fell short. In fact, he's still falling. Read the end of the Bible. Something about this lake of fire and all that other stuff. I just, you know. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 and 15. So since therefore we share in the flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy... Destroy the one who has power over death, that is the devil, and the delivery, deliver all those through, through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. Without Christ, was subject to lifelong slavery. He had to become man, perfect man, perfect God, to take man's sins. And you know what crushed Satan, guys? The cross. The cross crushed him. He thought he had him. That's why he is the perfect gift, the special delivery. It's God. But you have to do this, guys, because I'm going to help you on this. Sometime we get a gift, and I don't know about you, you only partially go through it. You don't really enjoy it. Like, after a while, you get something out of the box. I love FedEx. Can you tell? And uh, we kind of put it on the shelf, came in this box. In fact, you can go to some of your garages where FedEx stuff came in, can't we? See, if y'all want to have a real sale, sell your stuff in your garage. <laughs> but it's just empty. You know what I call this? It's the box of humanity when I try to put my trust in man. In relationship, I'll be okay if I have a new girlfriend. Well, if that man will love me enough, I'll, I'll, have, I'll have a good. My job, if I have more money, and we chase after those, and the one who's chasing us, we turn away because we're looking for, God, give me some money. Give me a relationship so I'll feel validated. And who validates you? Jesus Christ. And we lose our mind off this stuff. Offenses in here. Because you know who trips you up on that? The devil. Satan trips you up on this. Because he calls it, you know, when you're offended with somebody, the word offense means a snare. Whenever you trap an animal in the woods, that means you just walk into it. And how do you walk into it? Easy. You, you might be in it. You always say, you know that church always do that? Always does that. Every church does that to me. Okay, so the common denominator is you. But every church, you've been, you've been hooked. And they didn't pass the test that you gave them. Because I know some of y'all test me to see, is it really real? Or y'all really community? You test me out. And I got to check the box. It's okay. It's part of the job description. But he sets it up so you'll be offended with everybody. And don't have anybody. 
that church. Them people. I'll find me some new people. Same box. Instead of, and you heard me when you joined this church. I said, you better fall in love with Jesus first before you fall in love with this church. Because if you don't fall in love with Jesus, you fall in love with this church without Jesus, you'll be out here in two weeks. It's an empty gift. Empty box. And then the church spends a lot of its time bringing the church to you and doing things. And we have gifts sometimes when the people of God show up because Jesus isn't everybody who shows up. Remember that? So they have something to give. And we miss our time together. You don't show up because you're offended or whatever, or I don't want to be bothered. And you miss some good stuff, like the guys. Guys don't show up, and man, this is a nice shirt. This was free. This was free. No one showed up to get it. A couple guys showed up to get it. And they said, you can't give it to anybody else. I said, no, the Lord gave us the church. We're going to give them out. And there are gifts that you don't get from God. You miss. Good gifts that you miss. Good stuff that sometimes you just miss that's just here for you. You know what I mean? And God says, man, you show up, I'll just, you know, give you whatever you, you're a guest. Welcome. There you go. Say, God gave me a shirt. I'm coming to this church all the time. This is the Holy Spirit, guys. I'm just doing it. There you go. Even though you got a Texas shirt, it's okay. But I know. I'm sorry. I'm a New York at heart. But then you miss the gifts. Because our church wants to give not just this, God, to the world. And if you don't show up, you miss God. Not me. Not the small group. It's about missing what God has for you. Because at that moment, he's speaking. Now, you had a great excuse, Daddy. New, new parent. He still got his eyes open. You see, special delivery comes every week. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. That's why it's great to have God and people. He doesn't want you to run away. Because when you miss it, then you get shame and you feel guilt. And who does that? No one's judging you. People say, you would think everyone's looking at me strange. No one's remembering today. <laughs> Things are moving too fast. I don't remember half the stuff. It's just moving too fast. Email and now texting and all. Who remembers this stuff? It goes by so quick. The only thing I remember is what I read in the Bible. Y'all laughing. Y'all forget to. Because we got to text you a hundred times before you show up. Word. <laughs> Last one is, his victory and ours. His victory and ours. One of my favorite scriptures that I scream, I'll make sure I want to stay on, stay on task with this. Uh, Colossians 2.15. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Um, Romans 16.20. Thank you, sir. You already knew before I did. The God of peace will soon what? Under what? You're in the Papa's position, and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with who? You. That means he's with us all the time. All the time he's with us. That's what I love about the special delivery. He's always with us. 
He died so he can be with us, not judge us and kill us, to love on us. That's what I like about it. Especially, and it comes at the worst time when man fell. And some of you feel like, oh, man, I'm not worthy. I'm not this. Yes, you are. You are Bob, not believe, not underneath. There's no shame. There's nothing but joy. The God of peace, the only one that can give is perfect peace, not a relationship outside of him. Now, here's where you got to learn. You got to learn to trust him to bring the right one. When you don't trust him and you bring the wrong one, then you get mad at him because you have the wrong one, but he never had a chance in the decision-making factor in the first place. I said that all one word. And then you miss the perfect gifts of relationships. And then it gets, the gifts just get better. Oh, I got to do this at the end. I don't have my keys. I should have planned this one better. Anybody got a knife in church? <laughs> I'm going to cut the preacher. The perfect gift that gets better and better. He has a bunch of these. It's called peace. Oh, love. Grace. Position. Ownership. And you know, you just keep going, it just keeps, you just keep taking it out the, out the box. And you just, you never run out. You just, oh man, relationships I never had before. Because I'm always one walking by myself. That's what I remember about Christmas. Not the money, not the gifts, the friendships. The grace that I didn't deserve any of this. You know, it's just like, but if you don't unpack the whole thing of Jesus, you won't get the whole thing of Jesus. That's why it's a special day. He brought it on a special day. Just out of nowhere. I love coffee. Now, one thing about coffee, I could never leave home without it. How many coffee drinkers I got? So when I tell you to read your Bible every day, every day read your Bible, <laughs> every day drink your coffee. Because <laughs> let me tell you something. If I don't have my coffee, I am the worst person to get along with. If I don't have my Jesus, I am the worst person to get along with. Because all that love falls out the window and like, Ugh. yeah, I got to keep the old age back. That's why every day, Drink a little Jesus, because every day he came after you. He thought about every day of your life. Every day was written in the Lamb's Book of Life. He kicked Adam and Eve out the, out the garden because of the fact that the tree of life was there. And they're afraid that might mess it up for all of us. That's why he put them out, for their own good. And all they do is break fellowship. But he put them out for, his own, for our own good. Not for our good, for his good, for our own good. 
Because he's a loving father that loves you. So when you think about Christmas, yeah, things might just, I know, I can't discount, things get rough and crazy. And old memories come up. But whenever old memories come up in my mind, I got to have a cup of coffee. A cup of Ephesians. Ephesians 3.20. He's, my God is able to do above and beyond all that. That's good stuff, man. Whew. All right. And all those where Satan comes in and tells me I'm discounted, my relationships are no good, church is going to die, you guys are not going to make it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's a gift that keeps on flowing and never stops. It never stops. And coming to church now, don't hide behind the barrier. Run to it. The only barrier is us. Not God. Because God opened the door for us. How do you do it? Through Jesus Christ. How does he do it today? Through his Holy Spirit. And I feel today was a sweet time in the Holy Spirit. For some, someone need to hear this. Because God knows you. Remember, we're the apex of creation. And where you are today has no bearing on who he says you are. He loves you. If he didn't, you wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be here. If he didn't love Adam to show the unconditional love, he wouldn't, he would have started all over again and created the perfect place. But now as well give our lives back to Jesus, we have that rulership that was lost. We have authority. We're not fighting for position. We're not fighting for victory. We're fighting out of the place of victory. Now, when you fight out of the place of victory, that means all you're doing is confessing who you are to someone who says you're not. Because the only way he wins is through agreement. Only agreement. Somebody used to say when before I came to the Lord, I said, if I go into a church, the, feeling, the ceiling's going to fall on my head because I'm, I'm such a worm. And I forgot over 2,000 years ago, in this scripture over 5,000 years ago, God set a plan for us worms. Not to feel, but to re-identify you. Satan was already doing what he was doing in the garden, but all God did was bring significance to it and bring significance to us. So when you think about Christmas, think about our Lord and Savior. And he was a great baby, but he was a purpose. He died, he came, he died, and rose again for us to be free today. Not to be subject, this subjects things that's going on today in life, but really it's just stuff. But he's the real thing. Why don't we all stand? What I want to do is there's an anthem song that we sing, then we're going to close. There's a song that we sing that reminds us of who we are in Christ, who he says you are in him. And remember, from the very beginning, for someone needs to hear this, from the very beginning, from Genesis on, God had a crimson thread, a thread that can't be broken, of redeeming you, right. redeeming all that you have done. And you don't have to work for it. It's given to you. Everything else has to, you have to show good works. He did the great and ultimate good work. 
to set us free. And we have won. I love it. Past tense. I got to change my words. We have already won the victory. So enjoy your time with him. Enjoy your time with your family.